there are less than 48 hours remaining to back Orbital Blue's Afterburn, and there is now another great reason to back this Kickstarter. At their next stretch goal, Soul Muppet Publishing will add a free PDF of a solo play supplement for Orbital Blues, written by our very own Elliot Davis. It's called The Wanderer, and it's about reflection, about your final showdown with the troubles you've been running from. With the addition of a deck of playing cards and a handful of poker chips, players will reflect on the life of an outlaw and reckon with their trouble as they attempt to build the best poker hand possible. The Wanderer is one part journaling game, one part playlist builder, and 100% the orbital blues you know and love. But the deck is stacked against you, and you've only got one hand left, so you better make it count. By backing Orbital Blues Afterburn, you are not only supporting a supplement for a great game published by some amazing designers, but you are also supporting this very show and some of our favorite people like Behold and Elliot Davis. So check out the link in our show notes below and back Orbital Blues Afterburn before the campaign ends. And with that, enjoy the finale of our game of Orbital Blues. Ward, you toss aside that piece of plate armor that Eli had given you, having more than you either could have realized done its job and saved your life. You feel that pain in your chest, clearly a cracked rib or something that will heal because you were given the chance to heal. Mm-hmm. You hear it clatter to the side. You see the body of your father lying there on the ground, a relationship you decided to sever from your life. The bullet hole still smoking in his chest. Next to you, your gun still smoking on the ground. And you look over and see Tony Peraza with her gun trained on Eli as Eli stumbles back, having taken a hit to the shoulder, reaching down and pulling up his own gun to fire. And you realize that your gun may still be of use. Did you pick it up? Ward has a moment where he sort of thinks to himself, Maybe we can have revenge and redemption and then runs after Eli to go help. You pick up your gun in this moment, not realizing necessarily that it is not your gun, but rather your father's gun. You cock the handle. Oh, can I take both? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You pick up both of the guns, your father's in your right hand, yours in your left, cock the guns. And as you're running, it's only then that you recognize just how similar they are. And that's the thing you might have to reckon with later. But for now, you see your friend being menaced. And we flip over just a few feet away to Eli O'Connor. Eli, having just taken that hit to the shoulder, stumbles back, reaching down, gun in hand. Eli, what do you do? There's a slow-mo zoom as things go real anime bullet time. You know what I mean? Where there's like music and the camera's kind of moving, but it's just one panel of drawing. That's happening on Eli's heavily shaded eyes because his hat's still so low. (laughs) Eli thinks about what he's here to do, questions. Maybe Tony didn't kill Nikki. Uh, Maybe everything's been a lie. And then the face that flashes into his mind is Kumari's face at that same some some all hands meeting 
and uh, Kumari just like handing that, uh, handing him his like employee of the month plaque again for the third month in a row. And then <laughs> another flashback of like Eli like slamming his hand down on the table because he's so sad and Kumari coming in like cleaning up the spilled drink and just like putting a, a hand on his back. <laughs> another flashback of Eli like Kumari could hear Eli crying in his room one night even though Eli was trying to hold it back and do manly tears and then Kumari comes in and just like singing like a lullaby probably <laughs> off key and then Eli just being like I fucking hate this so much <laughs> but then like fin- finally getting to sleep after that and like he, that was the night he stopped crying himself to sleep and he felt a little bit better the next day and he thinks about that Tony Perazzo and Kumari are both leaders but they're very different kinds of leaders Tony was the parent of Nikki who was my dear love but also the parent of Casey who is like a certified fucking monster and so strong they can lift such a heavy gun and that strengthens Eli's resolve to rid the world of this monster in front of him no matter what it costs and no matter if they killed Nikki or not they've still killed a lot of other people and that means they've made a lot of other people cry themselves to sleep and so he's gonna fire And I know that I'm surrounded by... I don't know if I want to take a swan song or not. Oh, no! I know that I'm surrounded by Parazzo guards. Like, this is... The fight's going on, but there's, like, a couple guards around. So, I'm, I'm gonna... If, if you want, before you make a decision, uh, go and roll a perception check. Okay. I'll let you roll uh, with the upper hand. Oh, and I've got the, the punch you up. You the punch up. I got a 10. I think in this moment, you raise your gun, deciding exactly to what degree you are going to commit to this action. You recognize a couple of things. You recognize that the gunshots that have happened over here, the gunshot from Tony will have alerted the Perazzo goons that are off in the distance. Like People are aware that something is happening over here. It'll take a second for any more people to join this area. You recognize that the two goons that are with Tony recognize this is a like duel and are not going to intervene until it becomes necessary for them to so like you'll get to fight until they realize their boss is going to die and then you have a problem okay you also hear two more gunshots bang bang off to your left and you see ward fall and you see ward get up two guns in hand and is running towards you so you know you have some backup you know that Tony's backup is, for the moment, standing down, but is still an axe above your head. And you recognize that there is a limited amount of time before your decision is absolutely made for you as more people come to investigate what the hell all the shooting is. But for the moment, you have an opportunity to choose. I'm going to look at Tony Perazzo dead in the eyes. As I, and as I fire my gun aiming directly at their skull. I say, no more tears. My weapon is a precise 9mm, so I can attack a specific location on or near a target without rolling against the odds. Hell yeah. 
And I'll say, because you were flashing back with Kamari, if you want to, you can use that um, upper hand that Kamari was granting everybody. Amazing. Uh, so you'll roll a 4d6, you'll remove the lowest one, and the remaining three will be the ones used for attack and damage. I'm going to use my four and my three for seven, plus my savvy of one for eight. Nice. Then my last die is four, but that is doubled because of the punch-up for a total of yeah. eight damage. Yeah, girl! But as you feel the punch-up coursing oh, through no. your veins, your eyes lock on to this target. Your hand unusually steady in this moment of absolute tension. I need you to roll 2d6. If you roll snake eyes, you will die. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Oh, I'm good. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you fire at Tony Perazzo. Mechanically, Tony Perazzo has a lot of heart. It is not because she is so strong. It is because she has Perazzo goons around her. One of them dives in front of her, taking the hit for her. But that is still oh, mechanically fuck. part of her heart. Oh, I see. Okay. Cool, um, so cool, she cool. is still down. That's fun. But there is one less goon available to him. Okay. That goon recognizes exactly what is about to happen, makes a move to protect their boss, dives in front, takes it directly to the head, down. Sorry. So you recognize you've <laughs> kind of solved two problems at once. Tony mechanically takes that hit, like her heart has been reduced. She has one less goon with her and you have Ward coming to your aid shortly. You see her cock her gun again, look at you with venom in her eyes, opens her mouth and goes, You. You were the fucking reason my daughter's dead. She was fine before you came along. You come around and she gets popped. You put her into danger. I kept her Don't from it. Don't you dare put this on me. You you took a mo you took the most beautiful bird this old universe has ever made and you put her in an ugly iron cage and kept her from soaring or singing or anything. Her your her sister was mean as shit, and you are worse than anything I ever met. Her sister You're a bad person. Her sister was what this galaxy made her into. That wasn't my hand. That's the frontier galaxy, hun. The only way to protect someone, to keep them as beautiful as Nikki, and that's the one thing we'll ever fucking agree on, is that that was the most beautiful little girl in the world. You took her out into that fucking galaxy and got that ugly all over her. You may see it as a cage. I saw it as a safety net. I was keeping her from it. I was keeping it from her. I got hard so she didn't have to. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, I was like, oh, I wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> so did you have sort of a mom <laughs> Or was it more of a mom Okay, getting back on track. I made myself out of steel so she didn't have to. I saw what it did to Casey, the frontier galaxy, the fucking outlaws. This life, ain't no way to avoid it. I made the only choice I could. And then you took it from- 
I said what I said. Net. Cage. You still wouldn't let her be free. And that decision is on you and you alone. As you hear that gun cocking again, you flash back to that night. That night that was not supposed to happen that way of you and Nikki running through a spaceport that was supposed to be empty. You had a ship ready to go. But now Jackson showed up. The Perazos showed up. The Perazos looking for you and chasing you. The Jacksons and their cohorts seizing an opportunity. All of a sudden you found yourself in a crossfire hail of bullets. Bang, bang, bang. Smoke filling this spaceport obscuring all signage unable to find the ship that you're looking for you run through looking for anything you could steal or barter for passage on and the only thing you can see through this smoke is the colorful bright flowers emblazoned on one of the biggest pieces of shits in here <laughs> but you can see it and its doors are open and it's getting ready to take off Nick, it gets that flower pad. Run, honey, run. I want you to make me a savvy check. Uh, you'll just make this straight. All right. Five. You see Casey Perrazzo turning a corner, getting ready to, like, intercept you with this massive gun. All of a sudden, her attention is taken elsewhere as she fires at a man you've not seen before. You see... That man pushed someone out of the way moments before you would have caught a glimpse of their face. You see a coat getting dragged off that figure as it gets riddled with bullets and falls to the ground. You see bullets flying everywhere as Casey sprays in a rage. You see gunfires from the Jacksons firing back and forth. You hear the ping-pang of bullets and you, for a moment, see bullets moving as if in slow motion you see one heading directly for Nikki and you are too slow to do anything about it you go to pull her from danger you grab onto that green dress with the stripes that you love so much and the fringe of it tears off as she falls backwards looking up to you as She doesn't see anything else. Again, shock can only do so much. Fight or flight triggers first. And you turn and you run towards the flowers and the sign that says, hang in there, baby. The gun cocks and Tony moves to fire. We move from there up the stairs to where Maria is standing by the door, Kumari frozen in place momentarily, Kav sitting at the desk, and the door opens, and Francine Dubois enters. You see Francine look, clock Kav, 
clock Maria, immediately ignore Maria. (laughs) (laughs) And then clock Kumari. I am going to have Francine roll a contested savvy check against Kav. This is to see what they can communicate in this moment. You see Francine instinctively recognize who Kumari is, understand the relationship, reaches for a gun. This is a check from Kav just to see if they can communicate enough to have them wait and let words enter into this. Otherwise, it will be bullets entering before words. Because Francine is a surrogate mother to Kav, Kav will be rolling with the upper hand. There's a five, a four, and a three for nine, plus one is ten. You see Francine instinctively draws. Uh, You see, reaching into her jacket, pulls out a large automatic gun, levels it at Kumari. Kav, just enough, gets eyes over to Francine and holds up a hand enough to say, wait. Finger rests on the trigger but does not fire. You will have a moment to speak before this decision is made for you. But we will flick from there. You guys hear ding, ding, ding as the second round comes to an end. (laughs) Del looks at you from across the ring as the cut men are like coming over her and like giving her quick jabs on various areas of her uh, swishing water in her mouth. Looks at you and puts a hand on her chest and kind of rubs it in a circle questioning, asking you, is it now? Okay, I have several questions for you. Yeah, go for um, it. <laughs> one, we had the gunshot, right? And the fight's still going on? Oh, <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys heard the gunshot. The ring announcer is doing his best to maintain the world essentially trying to maintain this club so you know that this round was only like a third over they rang the bell hoping to like corral people and be like ding 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 all right everybody uh uh round two is over uh everybody kind of uh please return to your seats we'll make sure that everything's okay on the outside they're just trying to keep everything together so i mean it's like a criminal hot spot that's everyone's got guns everybody's got guns it's not crazy this is very much like a neutral zone at least was meant to be it's a neutral zone everyone is starting to move quickly like you see a lot of guns being drawn that fight is that fight outside the ring is starting to get more crazy you see the lieutenants kind of up in the stands are trying to make their way down to quiet the fight and a bunch of people are starting to go investigate what the gunshots were the they the guy like rang the bell to try to keep this ruse going or to try to keep this fight going to like make sure this stuff doesn't pop off, you could choose to ignore it. Like, a lot of the crowd is not focusing on the fight as much anymore. So you you recognize in this moment that there is a lot going on, a lot of people, like, trying to direct your attention, but a lot of people's attention are being directed at the brawl that is happening and the gunshots that are happening kind of, like, backstage, essentially. Okay. Um. Okay, my other question is, the like doorway to the stairwell like how big is the space there the doorway is kind of like a double door uh so it's big ish they are closed doors you would essentially have to like go up four flights and then through you also are aware 
because of one of your earlier checks, you are aware of the tunnel that uh, Tony Perrazzo entered through. So you know that there is an exit somewhere through that. You don't quite know where. You also know there are a number of other tunnels, some of them blocked off, some of them not, that you have no idea to what degree they are functional or have an exit. Okay. As he's getting checked um, by his guy in the corner, he will kind of just... I imagine it's like a stool was sitting in to get, like, to rest up again, checked up. So I will stomp, um, just like tap my right foot to say, this is the round I'll go down. And then as such as I can look over to where my board is and how, where it's readied, just to say, get on it when you can. You make that gesture. Um, you hear the bell ring next to you. And both of you stand up. Dell moves forward quickly, giving you a quick swipe across her chest, letting you know, like, I got the play. Moves forward quickly and boom, boom, left, right, bang, hits you to the side of the head. You see her as she as she does this. She gives you, like, a small left hook that gives you a little tap that says, like, this, go down. Gives you a small tap and then, bang, haymaker across body, hits you on the side of the head, you will take one heart of damage. You will also yep. gain one blues. As Dell hits you, you fall to the mat and you hear a crowd pop happen as like anyone who's watching the fight kind of goes, yeah, fuck, yeah. Do me a favor, roll a savvy check for me. Um, I'll say since Dell is essentially helping you, you can roll with the upper hand. Oh, Oh, that was bad. Um, I'm... Crap, that was really bad. I'm going to use a heart to re-roll uh, oh, yeah. when I just die. That was really bad. Um, <laughs> I rolled three twos. Um, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use another heart to re-roll. I rolled another two. Um, what are you at? No! With your heart. My heart is at four now. Okay, okay. I thought it was a two for a second. It's a five. So that's just, uh, an eight. An oh eight God. total. You get whacked by this haymaker. You initially spin and kind of like... She gives you that, that quick tap on the, on the jaw that you recognize a second too late is, is the call for you to go down. You take the hit and you stumble for a minute and then realize like, oh shit, that was it. Fall to the ground, selling it by falling hard on your side. Arm kind of like flicking over towards your board. You hear the crowd pop go... Yeah, you hear a couple people go like, "That wasn't as exciting as the first round." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, a number of people are like interested in the fight. Basically, the people who it would be tough for them to move towards the more interesting stuff. That crowd is still like into it. They go crazy. You hear the announcer going like, "Oh my God, we've got Blake is down. That's twenty Golden Gloves on the mat right now." <laughs> the the ref is counting one, two, three. Blank like struggles as if they're gonna get up, but um, stumbles again, forced flat onto the mat. But I think each time I'm trying to get a little bit closer, like subtly closer to the board, as Dell, I assume, is also circling to get closer to the board as well. But definitely playing up as if they're trying to get up, but can't quite. Getting on your hands and knees, one foot up, falling down, like full Rocky style, grabbing onto the ropes, trying to get up, and finally, seven. Eight, nine. You stand up on one foot and then your hand 
gracelessly slips on the rope and you kind of fall down now hanging through the bottom rope, uh, hands dangling near your board. Ten! We have a winner! And the, the referee grabs Dell's hand and raises it up. As you see Dell's hand in the air, your hand, you, you hanging on the ropes, um, hanging near your board, uh, what do you do? Yeah, I'm going to slap that last um, button on the board and have it like basically zip in Dell's direction so they can just hop on. And I'm going to hope that they come get me because I saw that they were able to fly um, with a second person. They did it with Saul Jackson. But I think I'm actually just leaving it up to Dell to see if they do come to let me grab onto the board as we head out. But yeah, I slap the last last switch on the board and have it whiz over to Dev. I'm going to say roll a savvy check just to like have this go off without a hitch. Uh, I'm going to say you and Dell are pretty well versed in in what you guys are doing so I'll let you roll with the upper hand. Thank goodness. But, wow, I'm rolling so bad. Thankfully I got the upper hand. Um, a savvy. A 7 you slap this last button, kind of like kick up the board. It flies over to her. She immediately jumps up, grabs on the board, and you see they begin to like fly up and around, doing this kind of like wide arc, almost as if like a celebration around the crowd. The crowd kind of going, yeah, fuck, yeah. You see Dell swinging around this crowd, and what you're seeing that they're actually doing is scanning the crowd for Francine, who is not there, scanning the crowd for Kav, who is not there, and recognizing that their immediate threat is not fucking there. Spins around and heads back your way. As you see them heading towards you fast, what do you do? I'm going to just very suddenly with like life that no one in the crowd knew I had left because of the way I'd been getting hit and the way I'd been falling, grab my mask and just like, just like leap of faith to get onto this board as it flies by. You grab your mask, jump onto the ropes, fucking springboard like a WWE wrestler, fly into the air in a move that, should anything go wrong, will fucking hurt. <laughs> you fly through the air. You hear your board, loud as can be, flying from your left and you see Dell bracing to receive you. Go ahead and roll me uh, one more savvy check to see how well this goes. Okay, is this flat? Uh, no, this will be upper hand because you and Dell are okay. working together. Okay, uh, uh, that's a 10. You fly forward. Dell momentarily jumps off of the board. The board is just flying free. You land on the board, essentially belly on the board, and Dell lands feet over top of you. And you feel the last time you were on the board this way, you were very much worse for the wear, and Dell was not with you. You see Dell above you reaching down, grabbing onto your collar and holding onto you, going, Hey, I got you! And begins to fly. I kind of tap, give him three taps on the leg to. I was going to say Eastwood, which is where uh, Tony is right now. The, the mining shaft. Towards the tunnels. Down that way. Towards the tunnels, yeah. You rocket towards the tunnels, still kind of like bent over this, this board as you're trying to get into a more comfortable position. As you're flying, you see Ward running towards Tony Perrazzo. 
a goon flying in front of Tony, taking the hit as Eli fires. You see Tony raising a gun to fire at Eli. Are you making for the tunnel or are you making to join the fight? I want to I roll for it. <laughs> ah! I want to roll for it for this. You also don't have to decide um, now if you don't want to. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone, but I'm going to roll for it. And <laughs> okay, cool. My turn. cool. Okay. The battle for Blank's soul continues. <laughs> Blank looks down, flying over this crowd that is hyped and also confused and also fighting. The crowd's going crazy for a number of different ways. And Blank, you see this scene playing out below you of two of your friends, one of their enemies, and a hail of bullets that could go any which way. And in your head, with your friend atop you, an escape route in sight, you make a decision. What that decision is, we don't know just yet. As we move from Blank to Tony Perrazzo. Tony Perrazzo raises her gun, looks at you, small tear in her eye, not for you, certainly not for you, Eli, but for her daughter. You probably don't even hear this over the din, but she just says quietly, she was so beautiful. She's going to be firing with the upper hand. Uh, that is a five and a two uh, is enough to give her eight with her savvy. Uh, and that is three points of damage halved and rounded up. Uh, so that is uh, two heart you'll be taking. Yeah. Okay. I'm down to, I'm down to Still two. In this. Oh. Still in this. You see her as she fires. You turn your body just a little bit. You feel a graze hard across your chest that scrapes the entire way down. Shouldn't have given any... <laughs> I should have given Ward my plate armor. <laughs> uh, truly regretting that in this moment. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Kumari and Maria. It is you. Kumari, you see Francine next to you. Her hand stayed for a moment. Vaikov holding up a hand. What do you say? Or what do you do? Kumari doesn't even acknowledge Francine. Like, is just looking at Kav and, like, knows Francine is there uh, and just asks, So you're happy? You see Francine hold her arm straight. You see Maria off in the distance, in the corner of your eye, stand very still. You see Kav holding on to that large glass of whiskey. Takes a sip. Precious seconds in this moment that is so tense that could, but for anything, mean an answer. If someone misunderstands his meaning. Sets the drink down slowly turns his head to face you and Francine looks to you eyes glance over to Francine and speaking to Francine rather than to you says yeah I'm happy Kamari turns 
and starts and like deeply like questions why what they expected from this like how they thought it would go any different and then starts to think about the crew um and like Kamari's favorite moments with each of them like the moments of like Kamari and Maria staying up late in their room talking about God knows what uh, every time Kumari like gave Blank a new mask knowing Blank would throw like not use it but just like feeling like yeah I I love this person and I want I want to give them something uh, like seeing how proud they always were of Eli every time they would have good ideas and kind of just sit back and be like Eli should be captain. I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, and then seeing like how emotionally mature and aware Ward has been throughout their entire relationship of like, yeah, he's sad and driven for revenge, but he's deeply caring. And like, I think Kamari tries to model their care after the way Ward does about everyone else on the ship. And then I think realizes like, I've always had a family. And why am I here? And then Kamari turns and starts to walk out and like looks at Maria and like I guess like reaches out for Maria's hand and then says uh, like walks by Francine like picks up the gun that Kamari dropped doesn't really acknowledge Francine uh, as they walk by they go thank you and then to Kav uh, Kamari just says happy birthday and then walks out of the room to go find and help everyone else you walk past Francine stopping to her side facing away from each other and just say that small thank you Francine just reaches up, puts a hand on your shoulder, just gives you a small squeeze, lets you walk past. And as you walk through this door, small, like, bar calendar hanging on the wall, a lot of days X'd out, and you see Bite Night circled. 21 September. Pass it, kind of just slap your hand on it in a knowing way. And as the door closes behind you, you venture a small glance back and you see Francine wrapping her arm around Kav, putting a hand up, and uh, Herbie actually gives your drink to Francine. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> Herbie, get over here. What are you doing? <laughs> right away, boss. Here you go. Um, and Herbie <laughs> follows along after you. Maria, uh, what do you do? Maria is is gonna she's just been so this is she knows this is like everything that Kumari wanted except it's not and it's like a huge moment but didn't necessarily go any way that anybody wanted to or predicted or could have even imagined it and um so she's just gonna when a Kumari reaches out take take their hand and and as she passes Francine give a little not at the not at the cap. Uh, Francine does not notice you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and uh, 
Then I think probably just turn to Kumari and say, well, all right, let's go get our crew. And start running down the stairs to see what sort of insanity we will find. As you guys walk through the door, you see in the mere moments that you've been in this room, insanity has indeed broken out. You hear the fires of gunshots. You see the chaos that is happening in the ring. You see Blank on a board with Dell flying over towards where this fight with Eli and Tony Praz was happening. You see a brawl is beginning to break out between all of the Prazos and all the Reno snakes. A number of people have gotten the ring and are like fighting inside the ring. The announcer is going like, all right, everybody, we got our next card coming up. Uh, Casey Perrazzo just arrived, and so did Red. And you, you see on his face he's lying, and no one's hearing it. <laughs> I almost um, shit myself. I was like, what do you, what do you <laughs> mean, like Casey Perrazzo? <laughs> Casey's back Cyborg. from space. Casey's back from space. It happened to Darth Vader. It can happen to you. Herbie's very thorough. It shouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, you guys recognize what is happening right now, you guys won't be able to make it to them to like get involved in a fight in close range. You could take some shots from a distance. Mm -hmm. These will definitely be against the odds because of your, your, none of you have like long distance weapons. You have like pistols and things. Or you do have a bird's eye view and you have communicators. You could kind of use that to your advantage, but you definitely won't be able to get to the fight in the amount of time that it will take for it to be over. And Herbie stayed upstairs. Herbie came out with you, so you can definitely send Herbie to do some stuff if you want. Can Herbie fly? <laughs> yeah, Herbie can fly. Uh, but but Herbie, Herbie flies by um, popping a hole uh, in himself. Like a balloon? Oh, like a balloon, <laughs> yeah. So Herbie can fly, but like by the but end of once. the... F- essentially, yeah, he gets like a fly-by attack fly. type thing. And then he deflates and, and has to be reinflated. Mm, cool, cool, cool. Can I throw Herbie? Uh, the, you definitely can't special. throw Herbie without also activating this, like, one-shot mechanic. Mm. <laughs> but you can definitely throw Herbie to, like, to essentially, like, you make an attack with Herbie. Let's hold on throwing Herbie. Um, we tried to go Cowboy Bebop and we landed in Douglas Adams. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Um, if Maria's got a rope with a lasso, how far you think that that goes? You've probably got 20 feet of rope. So not, we can't reach Tony Perrazzo? No, you guys are the other <laughs> side. You guys are 40 feet up and the other side of the ring. And I've got 20 feet of rope. Chicken over, she's not. Pythagoras is not Pythagorean. Yeah. Uh, Pythagoras ain't going to help you here. I'm wondering if I could, she's like, finagling. like, finagle a, a sort of Tarzan rope swing to, get, to help cut the distance a little bit. You could use your rope to get down to the ground. Um, essentially, like, minimize your fall damage from getting uh-huh. down to the ground. And then use your movement to, like, get to the ring where you can maybe take a better shot. There, there, you definitely can't get to where you're trying to go in, in a round. Cool. Then I think Maria is just gonna, is gonna, yeah, like do some sort of lasso rope situation so that they can like just scoot down to the ground uh, rather than having to go all the way down the staircase. And it's just gonna grab Kumari and be like, all right, here we go into the fray. 
Uh, I, I will say because you only have 20 feet and you're four stories up, you will have to make a grit check to like minimize your falling damage. Yeah, Maria's got like really great grit, so that's fine. Uh, okay, go ahead and make uh, a grit check. Actually, you Maria's roll... grit is one. Do you, do you, do you want to roll with the upper hand by using the gambit thing using I did Using your, your flashback? Yeah, let's do it. Because like how much damage could I possibly take? I, I think a D3 of damage. And then, you know, that's not that much damage, I feel like. Or, look, Kumari, what's your health at? What's your heart at? <laughs> uh, my heart's at nine. Nine. Mine's at eight. We're good. Healthy. All right. I'm not going to let you just, like, skate through this. So, so, <laughs> so like, like if, if you add two plus, I'm going to make it a no, D6. No. So, like, <laughs> We've already established. I asked all the preliminary all right, you questions. Know what, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? If you succeed, it's a D3. If you fail, it's a D6. All right. I'll roll with the upper hand. Force me. Oh, no. Oh, God. Okay. So I take the, the higher of the two? Yeah. Uh, so that's a six and a three. So it's nine plus one is ten. Um, roll a five, so you take half of that rounded up. So that's two. So that's three points of damage. All nice. right, that's pretty. <laughs> but we both take half because our troubles are brewing. Okay, so you take half rounded up, <laughs> which is two. <laughs> cool. Um, so you slide down this rope very quickly, and then immediately fall and crash directly into the ring which luckily has a little bit of bounce to it. Like you're able to swing over and land in the ring. There's a bunch of people fighting in the ring. Um, <laughs> this is essentially like difficult terrain, more or less. Mm. It's going to be tough to move through here, uh, but you are closer to the fight. Cool. Ward, oh, you shit. see Tony fire on Eli, glancing blow across the chest. You recognize that like, could he use that armor? Thank God I had it. Tony is getting ready to fire and she has one of her goons with her. And just so you know, mechanically, like the goons, one you person. can also take them out. Um, okay. But they essentially have their own shot if they want to take it. Copy, 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 copy. Um, Ward is going to run up and uh, get in sort of Eli's peripherals and say, O'Connor, we're not done yet. Don't go, don't go on me now. Is that you, brother? <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I got a lot of blood in my eyes. <laughs> I'm here. And I'm ready to fuck up some parazzos. They do that handshake where they <laughs> grab each other's forearms. Yeah, the action movie handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, Brian, I have a, I have a, uh, a hustler question. A, a yeah, hustler I won't question. knock it. Can I, can I fire both these guns at the same time if they're both against the odds? Pretty please. Oh, okay. Um, can you fire both guns? If they're against the odds. To attack. That feels right. It feels right. Feels good to me. <sighs> feels great. I hear Fine. it feels great, actually. Live for the drama. <laughs> you should, but, you but should use my... I will say you cannot augment these in any way. <laughs> you can fire one and you can have Chinook the upper hand, whatever. Chinook, yeah. Chinook you you may not... If you want to fire both, you got to fire uh, both against both the odds. Both against the odds. I am with it. I am totally with it. You can still uh, <laughs> use your... Um, I can still exert. You can still exert. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Against the odds, you take the three lowest. Um, so you against the odds, you roll four. You remove the highest. Okay. And then you that remaining pool of three, you can choose two to equal eight. And you that doesn't add anything, right? Um, this adds savvy. This adds savvy. It's oh, I'm, I'm not super savvy, as it turns out. Um, I'm gonna exert though. Um, to re-roll this 
hot potato. Um, that's only seven. Okay, so the first one misses, but it still looks cool. Um, and then we'll roll the second one. Um, okay, remove the highest. God damn it. Um, we're exerting. We love exerting. That's what the blues are for, baby. That's what the blues are for. Use them or lose them, right? Um, Use them or lose them. You son of a bitch. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, nine um, for one damage. No, I'm gonna exert to reroll the damage because I think we're I I think losing too many turns to these people is bad. Okay, two damage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Worth so, it. Bad in one. So wait, j just <laughs> to clarify, it. you shot both. You only hit with one. One missed. One does two damage. Copy. Two damage. Hell yeah. Also, I only have one blues left before my troubles are no longer a Bruin. Oh. Mm. You fire at Tony. You see another one of her one of her goons flies in the way and takes the hit. Uh, is injured but not out. But you see that mechanically again, Tony has taken more damage. Ward, anything else you want to do? I think I want to turn to Eli and say, "What's our exit strategy? Tony dead, then we leave." Sounds good to me. All right. Yeehaw, brother. Yeehaw. <laughs> and as you guys do a second action, a second, a second. <laughs> right? We do one, take two shots, do another one. <laughs> uh, uh, Eli, that's your turn. Okay, I'm I'm gonna just attack Tony. Yeah, again. go for it. Three dice. Uh, uh yeah, because you don't have the upper hand for anything. Oh my god, that rolled for so long. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna use the six and the two for my attack. That leaves the three, which I'll use for my damage, and that's doubled because of the punch-up. Okay, another six points of damage <laughs> to Tony's heart, but before that goes through, I need you to roll 2d6 one more time. And again, if you roll Snake Eyes, you will die. Oh, I hate this. I'm good. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you fire at Tony Perrazzo. Her goon like tries to get up to get in the way, is unable to. You hit Tony Perrazzo hard in one of the legs. Yeah. Uh, and she goes down to one knee. Fuck! Gets down and like grabs her goon. Is like, get the fuck up there! Help me out! Eli, anything else you want to do on your turn? I'll just, it, it, if I have any movement, I'll just move towards her so I can be at that close range next time for my next shot, hopefully. I know she's going to go again before me, but... You move forward hard and fast uh, as this goon... She's, like, tossing this goon in front of her to protect her. It is the goon's turn. Ooh. Do I have the goon attack Eli, or do I have the goon attack Ward? I did just Ward? shoot him. You did just shoot him. I'm going to leave this up to y'all. Why don't you guys both roll a d6, add your savvy. Whoever's higher, he'll perceive as a greater threat. I rolled, I rolled a one on the die. And I got a four. Then he is going to look towards Eli, raise up his gun, and fire. Doesn't have the upper hand, so just roll straight. No, 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 no,
Have to have one. To, oh, fuck. I, I thought I had one of you. Ah, <laughs> no. no. Have to one. Thank his, yeah. his bullet tears through my other, uh, like, a, a big gash in my side. And I go down to, to one knee. And I'm looking real fucked up. And I only have one heart left. Oh, no. We're not finished, O'Connor. I, I just about might be, brother. <laughs> <laughs> do you do another handshake in this moment? <laughs> just constantly doing it. Just a little anime freeze frame every time. Yeah. It's like the it's like the wrong animation cell. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. even match every time. <laughs> Next up is Dell and Blank. I'm gonna have you guys just uh, acting together. Dell is gonna look down to you for instruction. They're ready to book it or do whatever. I wrote for this. Um, I wrote oh, a script yes. to decide what Blank does. Blank, I think I think Blank is still on his stomach on this board. Mm-hmm. As it is with how um, patched together this board is, it's already hard to balance on it. So it doesn't want to add or shift any weights now that we've got some kind of level of um, comfort with riding with two people on it. Um, so he's remaining laid down on it. And I think in this moment realizes that he left his baseball bat in the ring in that quick escape. doesn't have anything on him and he sees the exit right in front of them and how easy it would be to just leave I am going to have my troubles a brewing yeah yeah and I'm going to tap um Del's left ankle Four times, and I think they know this means just ride, ride fast. And I would like to, as we whiz by Eli and Ward and Tony, I would like to reach into my pocket and pull out a shard of glass and try to slash Tony as I fly by. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Full circle. I love a full circle moment. (laughs) I'm going to roll a savvy check for Del. Should she succeed, you will get the upper hand on this attack. Uh, Should she fail, you can just make attack straight. Oh, it absolutely succeeds. Six, three, plus three, 12. Yeah. Um, So you can roll with the upper hand on this attack. Oh, that is good. What would this be? The savvy or muscle? I think this would be savvy because it's essentially like kind of a knife type thing. Yeah. Okay. I wrote a two, four, and a six. I'm going to go to two, four plus my savvy to make an eight. And I'll use a six for the damage as I slash across Tony's face as I, and then I'm going to keep going. We're not going to turn back to help. Like that's, I helped and that's it. I'm going to just keep going and flying as fast as we can. You fly down giving Dell that tap Dell immediately doesn't question it doesn't understand what's happening will likely never fully understand the workings of what is happening below but knows enough to trust you you feel the board dip in altitude hard you grip onto the side of the board that is this is a patched together board this thing is ready to fall apart at any moment should not the most efficient and most competent rider be riding it and you and Dell are certainly those things Moving together, you fly down, reach in, grab that shard of glass from your pocket, 
fall off the board so you are dangling by one hand and slash hard across Tony Perrazzo. You feel the glass make purchase as it slices across her face and she spins around and falls to the ground. You, as you fly by, you kick the goon. The goon falls to the ground, knocked out, and you fly off towards the exit. Dangling by your hand, you look back and see Tony Perrazzo lying on the ground very still. You see her goon lying on the ground very still, and you see her begin to stir just a little bit and move towards her gun. Eli. You see Tony Perrazzo on the ground, hard gash across her face and neck and chest from this jagged piece of glass that had been in Blank's pocket for so long. You see her lying on the ground and reaching over towards her gun. You have the jump on her. What do you do? How hurt looking is she? I know she just literally got her face slashed, so probably pretty bad, but how close to death? Mechanically, she is reduced to zero. (gasps) She is essentially at this point knocking on heaven's door. You can choose to send her there or pull her back. I think that might be a door I'd just like to open. (laughs) I see her as she reaches for her gun and from my place where I've been knocked down on the floor also, I'm going to reach. I'm going to raise my my pistol one more time and shoot her right between the eyes. You reach down, pick up your pistol, and walk over to her. And she kind of leans up, gun in hand, but knowing that she'll never make the draw. Looks to you and says, She was just so beautiful, wasn't she? Done talking. Bang! Bang! The gunshot rings out. Bang! 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 Her head snaps back and she falls down to the ground. You see Ward next to you begins to kind of pick you up off the ground, your leg. Bad wound in it. Ward himself leaning over and like clutching his chest from you see a fresh bullet wound in his chest, but don't see blood coming from it and assume that he took your uh, your armor and made good use of it. You guys see Dell and Blank flying off through this tunnel and looking back, you see Maria and Kumari in the ring kind of making their way towards you. For the moment, there are no immediate threats bearing down on you but there is a large brawl happening all around you Perrazzos are moving trying to figure out what is happening there's chaos but you have a moment to escape Blank and Dell made their decision to fly down this tunnel where they know there's an exit for the rest of you as Kumari and Maria kind of make it to the group pick each other up where do you guys head? Hey there, it's Elliot from the Many Sided Media team. 
In addition to playing and producing here on My First Dungeon, I'm also a game designer, known for such games as Something is Wrong with the Chickens, a rules-like game of chickens, eldritch horror, and revenge. Project Echo, a solo time travel game played in the pages of a planner. And the upcoming Rom-Com Drama Bomb, a three-player game of meet-cutes and mayhem. If you like weird and unique games and want to bring something new to your table, head to moreblueberries.shop and use code MYFIRSTDUNGEON for 20% off your order. That's M-O-R-E-B-L-U-E-B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot shop. Thanks! I think I'm going to head just towards the nearest exit. Yeah, I'm going to help Eli get, get there. Are we, fo- are we following Dell and Dell and Blank? Yeah, I think I'd like to follow them if it's like cl- the closest or near closest exit. Could I flash back to us having Dick Whiskey park the ship near one of the mine exits for us? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'll let you flash back to Dick Whiskey yeah! parking the ship near a mine exit. Dick, Dick, like, we're getting ready to go, and we're all, like, gearing up and, like, very somber because we, like, know that a bunch of people are going to be here. And Dick's like, uh, what can I do? <laughs> hey, come on, guys. I just want to help a little bit. I, I could fire a gun. And he picks up a gun and accidentally, like, shoots his foot. Goes, oh, jeez. <laughs> Dick, we're going to see about getting you a speech therapist or some kind of hormone <laughs> treatment or something for that voice of yours. Holy shit. <laughs> no, <man. laughs> oh, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Dick, you know I'm how to blank fly this thing? Blank. Blank types up being like, I like your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Just puts his arm around you. Um. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. You know, I they never had no friends before. I never had a home before. This place is just the best. Eli says, sorry. I, I'm letting my emotions. I'm depressed and I'm taking it out on you. <laughs> it's okay, man. I've been there. I've been there for most of my life, but things are looking up oh. for poor old Dick Whiskey. <laughs> That's mighty big of you for such a little dick. Cheers. <laughs> You guys make your way down this tunnel, firing back behind you as Perazzo's and Reno snakes begin can to... Can I... Wait, oh, yeah. two things. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, can Maria try to clock where John Tequila is and sure. signal to him? Like, Red is clearly not here. This has gone to shit. We got to get out. Yeah. So Maria's going to sort of signal for John to, to rejoin them. You, as you're like running towards the tunnel, you see uh, John Tequila is already in the tunnel being like, guys, this is clearly the best way out. Let's get out of here. I looked. Red's not here. <laughs> um, and then, thanks, John. I I don't know what Kumari's plan was, but a little little table talk of do we do we want to do we want to do a Herbie or no? Yeah, <laughs> Herbie for oh, Yeah, my question was: Are like all the like higher ups and the Parazzos and like the gangs all here too? Yeah, a, a, a good chunk of Parazzos and Reno Snakes. I'm sure there's some people that aren't at the fight, but like a lot of people are at the fight. Kamari looks at uh, everyone and like pulls up like the Herbie gets fired play, like plan that Maria came up with and was like we're doing this <laughs> and then goes and like thinks about it and realizes Francine and Kav are still in there and so uh, Kamari goes we're still we're doing this and then out of their pocket like pulls out a bag full, like with cards for each of you throws it to Maria and then goes no 
I'll meet you guys at the ship. And then runs back in to go tell Francine and Kav to get out of there. Oh! You toss the cards to your crew and make your way back into the fray, pushing through as gunfire begins to fire around you. The first shots that were not of your own making. You he- you guys hear bullets whiz back and forth. As you activate the Herbie plan, what, what does Herbie do? So as we're, we're escaping down this tunnel, we're going to reach a point, you know, maybe 20 so, 20 odd feet in, going to say, Herbie, can you, can you stay right there? Oh boy, you got it. Are we going fully loaded? Oh, we are. And could you hold this? And then she's going to take one of the, like, um, I don't know, torches off the, the wall of the mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still lit by torches. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. These lights, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're lit by torches, Brian. Sure. They're, yeah. We, they've, <laughs> yeah. They, wait, wait. Once you rip off that thing with the metal cage around it, the mine yeah, lights, just a, right? Yeah. There's it's a torch. A torch. There's that, actually yeah. all of all of the lights have just a backup. So there is a regular light. That's like mm. a yellow cage light. Mm-hmm. And then right next to it is a torch just in case those go out. Just in case. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, you hand her with the torch goes, You got it, boss. Fully loaded. And a bunch of <laughs> guns start to appear from Herbie. He goes, Come and get it, you motherfuckers! And then as we're continuing to run down, uh, Maria's just gonna nod, I guess, to to Ward and Eli, because you both have, have the guns, and say, Load her up! Alright. And they are gonna shoot Herbie, who is effectively an oxygen balloon, currently holding live fire. (laughs) And he's gonna explode like a bomb. (laughs) And that cave's gonna cave in. Yeah. And we gave him the big cranks before this. (laughs) (laughs) The big cranks. (laughs) You guys send Herbie to the front of this cave. He begins to open fire on anything that is like coming your way. You just hear sprays of gunfire as you just hear Herbie going, Alright! Ah, this is fun! Ah, fun. <laughs> my original programming is coming back! <laughs> oh my god. Um, as Herbie just sprays over people. Uh, you guys fire at Herbie and you hear off in the distance a as you all are rocketed forward by this blast as the tunnel that you were coming from collapses, you hear sounds of people panicking and crying out. You don't know to what. This will likely not bring down the entire cave. That's Yeah, we wanted to just close off the tunnel so, so no one can follow us. 100%. Yeah. It does close down the tunnel. You hear just the mouth of Herbie for a moment go, Ha! That was awesome! <laughs> <laughs> you guys run out of the tunnel and you guys make it back on to the 21st night of September. I will say something. Yeah, go for if it. If I can. Blank doesn't slow down or stop. Blank and Del fly out of this tunnel past the 21st night of September. And we're just leaving. I'm going to try and find one of the ships of anyone who's still like un- in the dome. We just hijack that ship and Blank just is- plans on leaving. As soon as we we blow up Herbie and I notice that Blank's not around. I just want to like message on our communicators, like, where, where are you at, Padre? We gotta, we gotta hightail it. 
awkward moment as you're rushing to the 21st night of September. You don't get any message, but I think once you, you're on board, you get a reply back. And I think it just says, um, I can live now. You, Ward, and Eli, and Maria make it back to the 21st night of September, and you guys wait. Eventually, you get this message from blank. I can live now, and know that there's at least one of you that is not returning back to the 21st night of September. Because after all, tomorrow is a new day. As you guys continue to wait... Uh, Kumari, I leave it to you. Does Kumari make it back to the 21st night of September? Can I roll for it? Yeah, roll for it. What do you, what do you want to roll? Uh, we'll roll a straight check. Okay. Uh, Kumari, the tunnel collapses and wants to get back. But they also know, like, what transpired here. Like, we just killed Saul Jackson. We killed Tony Parazzo. Pretty cool with the snakes at the moment. <laughs> Pretty chill with the snakes, yeah. Snakes, snakes are for sure going to be in power. But it's also, like, I need to make sure that the Parazzos and Jackson family doesn't try and come after us because we got out of this, but we're just a crew of five people. They're going to fuck us. So I think goes to the other exits and takes bottles of alcohol, douses like the exits with alcohol and like lights it on fire. It's like lighting the entire place on fire, essentially. Holy shit. Goes to a Reno Snake and says, get Francine and Cobb out of here. This place is going to be done so in, in a few moments. And Kamari's going to swan song <gasps> and make sure everyone here burns down with this place. And so they go up to the bar where Francine and Cobb were and open the door to make sure it's empty. They take out the uh, card that Maria gave them. And I guess, Maria, what, what does it say? Um, I think it's a, it's a, um, handmade card that has a sort of just very simple but sweet message on the inside of, of, you know, Kumari, happy birthday. Thank you for being one of my rootin' tootin'est best friends. I know that life hasn't always been kind to you. But you've always been kind to me. And I, I'm wishing you nothing but the best. Love always, Maria. And Kamari closes the card, drops it on the floor, and then, like, I guess goes behind the bar, finds, like, a barrel of hard... Just pure liquor, like 90 proof. Kicks it down the stairs. And as it's like tumbling down, aims their gun at it, takes out the communicator and texts the group. 
not going to make it to the team meeting tomorrow. You guys are going to have to draw some new straws. And shoots the barrel, and it explodes, lighting up the entire place. Off in the distance where this tunnel exits, you hear a bang and an explosion, and over the crest of a hill, you see the smoke. Moments after, you get this message from Kumari. You wait for a while. I wouldn't wait if we got that message. You wouldn't wait? I think Ward Ward would start being like, we have to... We have to go get them. Let's bring this ship around to the bar. We have to go. Like that's we can't leave the boss. We have to go. Dick, get 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 this motherfucking ship moving right now. Like Ward starts losing his mind a little bit at that message. You got it, boss. You guys take off and fly towards the bar. You see the bar in flames. Parts of it are beginning to crumble as you see a number of like air passageways and things down from this mine have smoke. There's like some people who are like filing out and like coughing smoke and things. Certainly not as many as you would as we're down there. As you fly by, you see uh, Francine and Kav, each of them on hoverboards taking off towards a distant ship, safe for the moment. Not looking behind them, just getting the hell out of there. Ward, you see it's very likely that that was Kumari's last message, but if you want to try to go in. I think there's like a a try, but like it's just like running up to an inferno and not having any way of getting into it, but just like a continued like pacing and like eventual just like collapsing and giving up about it. You collapse in front of this bar as it begins to crumble in front of you and then eventually make your way back onto the 21st night of September. You guys missing blank riding off into the sunset missing Kumari burning the house down behind them fly off You came into this system, six credits in debt. You're leaving this moon, at least seven credits in debt. (laughs) All this work, all this effort. And the universe has still got one up on you. But you're still flying. Before I go to each of you for like your last character things, um, I want to... Tell you guys some, it's the epilogue of some things you might not see. Somewhere over on Sutler Orbital, there is a flash of a man you never chose to meet in a, in a nice suit who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when trying to deliver some money to the Perazos, who is desperately trying to get his one phone call to a person who will never answer the phone now. As you see Indy Carter rotting in a cell, waiting to be picked up for some minor inconveniences 
thinking of the phone call that he would make, you see a flash of the Reno 47 fuel hub and Clancy Clearwater beginning to check off various rooms and things. They've got your two credits minus 30% or minus 20% for their fee ready to transfer you to you whenever you decide to come by. Because the, the cleaning staff wasn't in, they're cleaning out rooms and this room happened to be rented to one Indy Carter. And as they're cleaning, they realize there's a panel, like a grate on the wall that had been unscrewed or something and look into it and find a large case which they pull out and open up and you see their eyes are lit up and glow from the it, the inside of this case. A small smile coming over Clancy Clearwater's face as they realize they are certainly out of any debt they were in in the short term and are probably even in the black for a little while. You see off at a nearby spaceport on Reno 12, a woman with red hair and heavily muscled arms checking the bounty boards and seeing that John Tequila Rogers still sitting at six credits and you see her click into a thing that is like a requisition hub and you see that want that blinking light that says alive and realize that she is the one who put out that bounty for six credits alive Aww. looking for her lover across star systems and hoping he would be here to get her as she boards a starship headed to somewhere. And off in the distance, I think maybe sometime later, Maria, you might get a hail from the Blue Betty. The Blue Betty cruising across the galaxy, not changed much from your encounter, except for the fact that she has painted the outside of her ship in the same Murakami flowers she saw emblazoned across the 21st night of September, spreading just a little bit more joy and cheer across a very cold and very distant Frontier Galaxy. I'm going to go around to each of you and tell me what is the epilogue for your character. And I want to start with, uh, uh, how about Eli? Eli has what he's wanted. The only thing that he's been single-mindedly focused on. So I think for a while he just drifts, helps out around the ship, does a lot of thinking, does a lot of drinking. And then one day he just wakes up and sees out the the window of his cabin just a light of a star that he never quite noticed before. And he just wonders, what's out there? What's beyond that star? And he knows that this life of adventuring alongside his this family that he has on his ship, he knows that that's enough for him now. And whatever sadness he can feel and he, he knows he will that his shoulders will be broad enough to carry that load and then he heads out to go uh, attend the morning staff meeting and like and like gives a little finger guns like acknowledgement to a, a framed picture of Kumari on the that he has hung up on his wall uh, Ward what's your epilogue First of all, Ward left the jacket in that place. It burned up with everything. Um, and I think Ward's done with the done with the suit. I think Ward I think Ward puts on a new change of clothes for the first time since since getting on this ship and he's sort of rocking just some like normal like 
blue jeans and, and maybe a flannel, kind of matching Maria's style a little bit, just like casual, maybe borrow some clothes um, <laughs> if, they're, if they're the same size somehow. Um, and I think he folds his suit very nicely and puts it away, and that's kind of the putting away of, you know, the Jackson family's gone, and I don't think he ever introduces himself as Ward Jackson again. I think he's just Ward. And uh, he attends every single team meeting on time. And, yeah, thinks about Kamari a lot. Um, Maria, what's your epilogue? Oh, Maria, in the first couple of days, thinks about how she was really only here to, to join Kumari and be on this journey with them. So now that they're not here, she could go home, but she doesn't know that she wants to. She's found she's actually better at this than she thought she was. And so I think that uh, they don't actually do a sort of drawing of straws of the captain, uh, that everybody has their sort of a duties and Maria takes on maybe... She's not. She doesn't want to be called captain. She isn't the captain, but she kind of takes on a lot of it. She's running all those team meetings. She's got a little uh, <laughs> sign in one of the windows that has a picture of Blank's mask that just says, welcome anytime, just in case they happen to fly by at some point in time. And I think she still sleeps on her air mattress in the captain's suite, leaving the bed open for Kumari. Blank, what's your epilogue? The epilogue is kind of uh, almost a reflection or a parallel of the, the earliest scene you've seen of Blank. You hear yelling coming from the streets and then the revving of uh, not one but two hoverboards as Dell and Blank blast out of the baker's shop with several goods in hand, um, dipping and weeping and whizzing by everyone in the street with the baker chasing us down yelling and screaming as we're back to cause some havoc um, in the streets again. The flight movements between the two of them seems almost rehearsed as they, they dip underneath um, like banisters, throw trees across from each other on like, either sides of the street as they're trying to play hot potato and just really get the nerves of the law enforcement that's chasing us down. And the entire time you can hear Dell laughing and see that Blank is as well because they're not wearing that mask right now. They have it tied to the, their hip, always with them, but right now you see their face scarred but smiling as they're riding with their best friend again after far too long. You fly off through the market, no one able to catch you, and you guys knowing you're far too good at this to ever be caught. Uh, so last but not least, uh, Kumari, you don't necessarily have an epilogue, but you do have letters, the cards that you sent to the crew. What do they say? The cards contain, for like each person, personal, like heartfelt, like I think every birthday that like Kumari didn't let you celebrate, they like wrote it down and like wrote something like genuine from like that past year that they like loved about you and like moments of joy that you brought them during like your time together and there maybe is too much to say but I think 
for like Maria, it was what like love can mean in like the friend capacity of a friend and like what that looks like and what that means to Kumari or blank is the ability to say so much by doing so little and really words don't capture everything in what people mean to each other I think with Eli it's a despite deep tragedy there's so much love to be shared and had through interactions with the people that you like and with Ward it is uh to never let go of the memories of those you love and can always carry them with you in both sad but also joyful ways. And then I think it's also maybe appropriate to reveal that Kumari rolled uh, an eight on their check. So I do think after the fires came out, uh, Kumari does come out of the rubble and like thinks about what they wanted from this. And uh, I think we see Kumari like let go of the duster, shave off their hair, and they don't want to be part of like they do want like they do love everyone on the 21st of September, but like also realize like I dragged Maria into this and like I've done all these things. And like spent so much time that I did ignore my child for the past my entire lifetime and so I think retires to uh, kind of from afar like following Kav to like keep an eye on, on them and make sure they're okay and also like try and make sure from afar that the Reno snakes don't ever come for the 21st night of September and so they're kind of on their own solo journey at the moment doing doing that hey fuck you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah seconded as we said at the beginning space isn't different it's just bigger The final frontier is filled with all the same troubles of Earth. The only difference is that now we've got nowhere left to escape to. All you can do is keep flying. Moving further and faster in the uniquely human hope that you can outrun what's coming. But one thing will always remain true. Every day of freedom incurs a debt to the frontier galaxy. And boy, you're going to carry that weight. So long, Space Cowboys. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. bang, bang.
If you're looking for more great gaming content from everyone here at Many Sided Media, you should consider subscribing to the 20 Sided Newsletter. It's a free, bi-monthly newsletter for people who love games, make games, and just love making games. To subscribe, just go to 20sidednewsletter.substack.com or follow the link in the show notes.